So hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the Terry Bell podcast uh, tonight with our host, Terry. What? Wait, 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 what? What? Oh, Are you doing a little intro, intro for me? Okay, you want to do it again? Yes. Uh, I don't know if that works with the intro I wrote, but uh, okay. Let's, we can do intros back to... <laughs> I come over here and I'll tell you how <laughs> your show. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, about. it's fine. I didn't know you were doing that, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to be so much fun. Just start whenever. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to today's show, the Terry Bell Podcast, today with Terry uh, as our host. So take it away, Terry. <laughs> um, well, thank you for that <laughs> amazing intro. Uh, so my name is Terry, and welcome to the Animation Industry Podcast. Uh, today I'm mixing it up a little, and I'm chatting with a fellow student of mine from Sheridan College. And this guy was in all my classes. We sat beside each other all the time, so I'm really familiar with his work, and I guess he's familiar with mine too. And his name is Fernando Stockler, and he and I just finished our first year at Sheridan's animation program, and we're going to chat all about what it was like. So without further ado, that voice you heard at the beginning was Fernando. So Fernando, what is up? Uh, nothing much. I'm just hanging out. I'm trying to uh, get some animations done, uh, get some artwork out there. And uh, for the most part, I'm just excited to have some free time to draw for myself over the summer because God knows it was busy at school. <laughs> yeah, so wait, wait, so you just finished school and now you're doing artwork, animations, and drawing? Like, what are, what are all these for? What's it, uh, what it, What's an animation you're working on? So right now, I'm just trying to polish up all the things that we did at school because I want to get, like, a good portfolio going. All the teachers are mentioning, like, oh, over the summer, you get the... Uh, you get the Toon Boon Harmony license still, so you should probably wrap up things and put it in a website. And I'm thinking, you know... I'm a guy who likes playing video games, and I'm not a very professional man. But if there's anything I learned <laughs> first year, is that it'd be probably good to put your work out there for people to see, especially since so, those are already getting. So you're like taking all the assignments that you finished and like polishing them up. That's awesome. Just the ones I really like, like uh, the character in sequence that we did. Uh, I wanted to do touch up some storyboards that we did on storyboard class because uh, some of them are actually really fun to do. Like the one. Uh, what was it like the the guy that's stuck on an island? Oh yeah. And there's like the shark. That one seemed like pretty fun to touch it over. So I'm taking a look, and if it turns out really well, I might even animate it and put it somewhere for people to see. Look at you! You're just a production company now. Um, so I always kind of ask what inspired you to get into animation in the first place. So why did you choose this as a career path? What what made you want to go to Sheridan and try it out and all this stuff? <laughs> so. I think for the most part, like a lot of people that I talk to have a similar answer where it's like, oh, I just started very young and stuff like that. For me, I think it was just because my mom did art uh, professionally. So I kind of just got exposed to all of that, like right off the bat. And I'm not sure why. I guess ever since I was young, I was just like really competitive. Maybe I wasn't very good at sports or something. I'm not sure why. But I just knew that I wanted to draw like as good as her, if not better. And for her, it was, like, super cute. She's like, oh, wow, my son, he's trying to draw like me. That's so adorable. And uh, I would just keep doing it. And eventually, I feel like it's something that I got good at and proud of. Uh, and I just kind of kept going. So when we moved here to Canada, it was 10 or 11 years ago, uh, I kind of started getting to my head that maybe this is something that I could do professionally. But I never thought that I could be an animator on my own or an illustrator because originally I didn't want to be an animator at all. Uh, it was very scary because growing up, I learned that being an animator is really tough 
<laughs> it's like a lot of work. Where so, did you learn that? Uh, my mom would tell me about it. She had uh, friends in the animation uh, that she so would what, talk so to. So what, what exactly does your mom do? You said she does art, but yeah. uh, she draws, I guess. She is an illustrator. Her name is Chris Delara. She... Oh, shoot. I think there's a smoke alarm going. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think they're cooking So you have stairs. to put out a fire right no, now? No, no. My roommates will take care of it, hopefully. Otherwise, it'll be entertainment <laughs> for the podcast. But no... Uh, it's just because when I was young, I got to see my mom like skyrocket in popularity. She'd show us like, oh, this magazine put a uh, like name me like probably one of the most. Uh, uh, what's the word in English? I guess one of the most. Sought after like, an, well, not sought after. Like she had potential. Right. Yeah. And uh, she made a lot of really good art. Uh, her name is Chris Delara. Uh, she yep. used to do a lot of pinups for comics and stuff like that. And she would tell me about stuff. And growing up, like, I learned that being, like, an animator is really tough, not only online, but my mom would tell me about it, right? And uh, there are a lot of times where my mom would tell me, like, oh, I'm looking at your work, and it's so dynamic. I think you're going to be an animator. And to me, that didn't mean anything. It was just like, no, I want to grow up, and I want to work for you as your assistant. Like, I want to make things easier for you in terms of your job. Yeah, so... That's uh, really cute. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of took a very uh, dumb path of uh going through high school and not really trying my hardest that anything really because i was like oh i'm just gonna finish high school and i'm gonna work with my mom and that's it uh but in high school i met somebody that was just excellent at art it was a friend of mine and uh they were just really really good at art and i just got enamored with the fact that this person was just so amazing at such a young age like compared to like everyone else and by the end of high school they were mentioning like oh i'm gonna apply to sheridan illustration and stuff like that i was like oh if you're gonna go to college i want to go to college so then i just went ahead and i signed up too first it was for illustration and i didn't get in uh they got in so i stayed back home for with my mom for one or two years and during that time i kind of got into my head that uh maybe i should be an animator because i like video games and i like drawing stuff from video games and there's just so much action in video games there's so much uh dynamic uh, I guess animation, and at the time I just didn't recognize it. I just knew that I wanted to draw like fun poses, characters jumping, characters fighting, characters slashing at each other. And my mom was like, just just do animation. And I was like, all right. Uh, so then I think it was, that was that's pretty much how I kind of got into the idea of going to Sheridan. It was just having someone else go. And I didn't even recognize, I didn't even know Sheridan was like one of the, like such an amazing animation school at the time. I didn't even know that. I just wanted to sign up for college because my friend went here. <laughs> well, there you go. Where, where, so you uh, you said you moved to Canada about 11 years ago. Where did you come from? Well, uh, I know, but our listeners don't know. That's true. I need to inform them. It is my duty to tell you. Please no, inform uh, our listeners. So to the wonderful listeners out there, I come from Brazil. Uh, yeah, I was born and raised there. Uh, we moved around in Brazil a lot, but that's where I originally hail from. <laughs> So is there a big animation industry in Brazil that your mom, you said she had friends that were working there. Is there? So from what my mom tells me, like when she started out, because she was a very good artist from very young, right? Uh, So one of the things that she did studying art was she kind of studied animation for a bit. I'm not sure if the animation industry is big in Brazil. I never like really stopped to look at it. But I know that she had some training in animation, like uh, the principles of animation. She was the one that gave me uh, the 
animator survivors a survival guide book the one that like they recommend us at school mm-hmm. she was the one that gave it to me because she had it since i was very very young and uh so i knew that she knows some animators plus i think she's gotten offered for uh well she's got offered storyboard jobs before uh she might have contacts somewhere i'm not sure but i do know that she knows certain people and she's gotten uh training uh, and classical animation. As for the animation industry in Brazil, I know that we get a lot of cartoons and TV shows, but I'm actually not sure how much of it is like done in Brazil. I'm actually I'm not even familiar if we there might be. I'm, I'm really not sure. I just never bothered to think about that until you <laughs> brought it up. In all honesty. Well, yeah, I know there's a I know of at least a couple studios that work with Canadian studios here in Toronto um, to make shows, but I'm not too familiar with the industry down there either. Um, but I'm wondering, so you applied to Sheridan's illustration program and didn't get in, and you applied to Sheridan's animation program and you did get in. Uh, what was what was like the big, like what is the application process like that uh, maybe you can just share or like what didn't, what didn't you learn the first time that maybe you learned the second time with your application that enabled you to get in? So uh, what I learned the first time, and this might be important because uh, there might be some people listening who are thinking of applying. If you're fresh out of high school, and your teachers tell you you're good at art, and your friends tell you you're good at art, and your parents tell you you're good at art, maybe you should take a step back. I know you're probably feeling confident, but just uh, take a look at the application process and other people's, because in all honesty, I just thought I would wing it the first time. I was like, wow, everyone tells me I'm good. I'm really good. I'm going to wing this. And I barely put any effort into it, and I just applied. And of course, it came back like a big fat no, right? So for the illustration program, the process was... uh, uh, from what I remember, I had to do some prerequisite like things. Like, for example, I had to do uh, a house outdoors, right? I had to submit a sketchbook, I think. Uh, God, I think I needed to do some figure drawing and some animals. St- oh, yeah, because I drew my cat. I remember. But uh, so basically, it's just a bunch of prerequisites that they give you. And you're like, oh, I'm going to do uh, I'm going to do this. I need to do a house outside. I need to do an animal drawing. I need to do this. And you kind of submit uh, the idea that's important to remember is that at the time I had no idea what like actual structure for figures were, like how to make them look 3D like properly, uh, how to show that I knew structure with uh, drawing with like the blue repo pencil and kind of showing uh, like the shape of these things. Uh, with environments, I kind of just went like very sketchy and very conceptual. I didn't finalize anything. I didn't clean up anything. Uh so obviously I didn't get in. It was a very low score, and I remember looking at it and just seeing like the mark. And I didn't look at the in-depth like responses because I was so crushed. I just kind of threw it away. Oh <laughs> I was no! Like, I don't want to see. Yeah, I know, right? It could have been a learning moment where I get to see what was wrong with my work, but I <laughs> just got. Well, that's upset. really crushing, especially if you if you like believed you're so well. You are good at because I've seen your stuff, but like if everybody's telling you you're so great, and then you like apply with all this confidence and then you get crushed. Yeah. And <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, I guess the lesson is that uh, I'm not going to, I would say that I was mostly surrounded by uh, people that kind of just wanted to make me happy. My mom, as like years went on, she kind of learned to like be very honest with me and tell me like be productive with her critique in a sense that like tell them the truth, but at the same time keep encouraging them, right? So after that, I kind of decided, oh, I'm just going to stay home and kind of uh, 
assist with my mom. And I, I would keep telling her, oh, I'll try again next year or something like that. But in my mind, I convinced myself that there would be no need because I probably wouldn't be able to get in again, right? Because it's really tough. Uh, so the application process for after that was was a bit different. I figured that uh, I wouldn't be able to get in into a program that I like, be it animation or illustration. And during that time at home, between the first application and the second one, I kind of convinced myself that maybe animation is something that I want to do, right? So instead of applying to animation directly, I went to the art fundamentals program that Sheridan offers, and uh, I got accepted. Uh, the first time I got accepted into art fundies, I didn't have enough money for residence, so I stayed at home. And then a year after that, I managed to save up, and then I went to Sheridan uh, Art Fundamentals. And it was a very interesting experience because it was first time experiencing the college life. But remember, uh, for everyone listening, if you go into the Art Fundamentals program, uh, remember to not only study what they're teaching you, which is going to be helpful in the portfolio uh, process, but also remember to just do a lot on the time outside of class. Uh, I was lucky enough so that I was with students that were trying really hard and were really putting effort into their animation, pro uh, like into the portfolio process. So uh, I kind of got an idea of how hard I should try. And like I basically just set the bar at where uh, my classmates were uh, working really hard, what they were doing, how much effort they were putting in, right? And it's interesting because the second time I applied and I got into animation, I got in with excellent marks. I got in with a 93%, and I'm super proud of it. <laughs> super right. proud of it back then. Uh, but I guess the idea was to just really take a step back and realize that no matter how good you are and no matter what the people in high school tell you are, that's like little league stuff. And you should always just humble yourself a little bit, take a step back, and say, I'm going to try and do 110% for the application process because it's tough and a lot of people don't get in. Uh, yeah, and and uh, like the art fundamentals, um, I mean, it teaches you the fundamentals of, of kind of all the basics of animation and illustration and stuff. I, I didn't go through that experience myself, but do you think you could have applied uh, straight to animation by just working as hard on your own without art fundamentals? Or do you think that that process really helped you understand the requirements and and what was needed and gave it sounds like it gave you a lot of encouragement from your fellow classmates too yeah so that's actually a really good question because i still think about that a lot uh i would say that art fundamentals if i were to look at it objectively it taught me a few things that i, I would like to just go ahead and say like oh art fundamentals didn't really help me i just learned it all on my own but that's not true because when you look at it i did know certain things like for example I've never done actual perspective drawing, like uh, one point perspective and two point. I kind of knew what they were, and I thought they were just camera angles, but I never learned like the actual technical aspect. Now, if I want to go ahead and if I want to draw an environment, I know what to do. Like put on your vanishing points, like one or two, depending on your perspective, or three, uh, three point, and kind of go at it. Like something else was the basics of design, which is something that a lot of people get like basic grasp of by just drawing on their own and studying on their own. Right. But, uh, turns out that having a teacher to kind of give me pointers and show me the ropes, it, it really does help. And these are things that I took for granted. Even after fundamentals, I thought like when I got into animation, I was like, Oh my God, I did it all myself. And I didn't learn that much in class. But like, when you really think about it, it's just things that they might seem small and they might seem like you know them right off the bat, but refining it and really getting good at the technical side 
are things that I couldn't have learned without our fundamentals. So I would say while it didn't feel like it made a difference, it made some. Now, if you already know all these things, if you already know uh, and you're very technical with perspective drawing and figure study, I didn't even do figure like actual uh, like life drawing with a model until our fundamentals. So that was another thing that really helped me out. And it like, it's another thing that I would have taken it for granted. But if you, if you're good at all these things, all these aspects, life drawing with a model, uh, uh, I guess, perspective drawing with vanishing points and being able to draw backgrounds, if you're able to draw animals, if you're able to, uh, make like a consistent, like model sheet, I guess, if you're good at all these things, our fundamentals is probably not for you, right? Uh, you could probably just outright apply. And I would say that if you're only missing a little bit of knowledge out of what they want you to have, well, out of if you look at the portfolio process for animation and you say, oh, wow, I know most of these except one or two, I feel like the art program probably isn't for you. But if you feel like you're missing a lot of these basics or you're trying to learn it on your own, art fundamentals might be good. It's good to have a teacher that can tell you what the next steps are, right? Yeah, So I mean, that that's like, I didn't do the fundamentals program, but... Uh, so I hired just a tutor because I didn't really even know about art fundamentals. I just knew I wanted to get into animation. So yeah. I liked what you were saying about the technicals because, I mean, I've also seen a lot of uh, potential portfolios coming in just because of my website and people end up emailing me asking for advice. <laughs> and there's like a there's like a big difference between like somebody who is really creative in what they do but doesn't know the technicals and somebody who just focuses on the technicals and making a solid drawing. Like once the perspective thing once i understood like the vanishing points and how everything in like an office has to line up to those mm -hmm. the sizing the construction everything it it's so easy to look at uh like an image that doesn't include that and just automatically be like oh yep. well, applied perspective even though it's really creative so yeah i think from my experience too like getting into sheridan was a lot it was more about learning technical skills and just applying those to the creative process to to together something really solid. Yeah, yeah exactly and there's something that's important to remember too and hopefully we can talk about that later because that'd be an interesting conversation to have i've been having it with a friend of mine uh it's from class let's talk about it now oh sure yeah <laughs> perfect uh i would actually love to get into that because i've been just wrestling with myself over the idea of how this actually works but yeah. uh it's the idea that going to art school kills the creativity uh a friend of mine uh, I don't want to, I don't know if they want to be named and stuff. I think he wouldn't mind, but I don't know if they want to be named. But recently he just got out of uh, the first year I think, program. I think it's best not to name names. Just Perfect. For okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He just got out of the first year animation program. And I was super worried that that meant like, because you, you know that finishing the program, it, it just gives you a lot of knowledge, right? And certain people don't necessarily need the same amount of knowledge as you need coming in. But it gives you a, a lot of knowledge, a lot of connections, and uh, overall, I'd say it gives you a good kind of, uh, I guess, idea of what it's like to work as a team and what it's like to have deadlines and what it's like to have like a boss that's going to show you things necessarily. Like, I guess the teachers would be equivalent to bosses. But the thing is that this person managed to get a lot of that on year one. And they felt like, oh, talking to second years, third years, fourth years, maybe school isn't for me, right? And I feel like, if anything, it's kind of killing my creative process. And I was thinking about that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely something to keep in mind. And it's definitely something that I think it can happen to some people, right? For me, it's helping me a lot 
with my creative process. But I do see that idea being mentioned in a lot of different places, even that don't involve Sheridan. Uh, and I feel like it's something very individual, right? Like, for example, Terry, let me ask you, how do you feel about, do you feel like kind of school is taking a bit away from your creativity necessarily? Do you think it's like amplifying? Do you think you're getting put into like a box? Because I'm still kind of <laughs> trying to figure that out myself. I don't think it is for me, but. Well, for me, like, um, I no, it's not. So with every with every project I have, I understand that there's like technical aspects that I don't I haven't really mastered yet for instance like digital painting or just painting in general you, you like a big point of it is to understand how light works and reflects off objects and makes a scene look appropriate without big mistakes and that's something that I haven't really developed as a skill yet so um in that aspect I take every project and I try to figure out what are the technical things I don't understand yet and work on those while uh doing it in a space of my own creativity so each each project, I don't start it until I really feel like I can make it something that I'm really interested in working on. Because I don't, I don't want it to become like at the end of the day, I don't want it to be just like a, like a day job for me. I want like I want this to be like my work that I'm very passionate about. So yeah, there are some projects where I know I'm not going to spend that much time on. So I'll just like knock it out pretty quickly and hit on the technical requirements. And then there are other projects where I'm like, I really want to make this into something I'm proud of. How can I tell a story or create a character or a scene that I really personally enjoy working on while also taking the technical aspects I'm supposed to be showcasing and learning and incorporate that into it. Because one thing I understood before I went to Sheridan was that, you know, I, I love, I love all the aspects of animation and like painting and sculpting and all these things, but I don't really understand the technical, uh, like the master studied, um things that in are incorporated in all those mediums so yeah, yeah i can like take some clay and sculpt something and it look cool but maybe it won't connect with as many people because i didn't use the proper technique or mm. or processes that hundreds of people are graduating out of art school and using so it just looks better for instance i guess maybe that was like a roundabout way of saying it but um i i can definitely see how it's killing some people's creativity but for me i I don't know. I really thrived in that environment because I yeah. know this is something I want to do and I'm going to work on it anyways. And Sheridan is like, it's uh, it's a lot of things. There's a lot of connections there. Sheridan has oh, a great team. Um, I've talked to a lot of people outside of the industry that even know Sheridan and uh, the, the professors are like masters and have been doing stuff for so long. And I've had a lot of side conversations too where I'm like, hey, I didn't really quite get this part of the assignment. Can we just like chat about next steps or whatever apart from the grades so i think school is not for everybody and mm -hmm. you're right there are a lot of so i already have a degree in business and one of the biggest things that i learned from that degree was just like project management time management working yeah. with other people like how to use excel like the technical tools too versus like here's how to put together the best business strategy a lot of that stuff came from actually working in businesses but the soft skills and the confidence and everything I gained from the degree itself. So I see a lot of parallels at Sheridan too. Like a lot of students come in and they're pulling all nighters all the time to get stuff done. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to name any names, Fernando. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I uh, but, have but, a sleep schedule. Yeah, but if you talk to like fourth years, 
uh, well, maybe they're cramming their their student films, but they've kind of figured out how to prioritize things a little better so that they don't have to pull so many all-nighters anymore, right? So like just going through the process of handing in assignments on time teaches you how to manage your time and what to prioritize and, and stuff like that. So I don't know, what's, what's your take on all that from my perspective? Because I know that I'm coming in with a lot of different experience than you, for example. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think what I think that clicked in for me when I was <laughs> when I was telling you, like, Terry, I don't know how you do all of this and you're just able to get it done and not have <laughs> just fun and fuck around. And then, oh, I'm sorry, can we swear on a podcast? I just You can sure. say whatever the fuck oh, you want. God bless. Okay, <laughs> perfect. But no, uh, I remember talking to you and then you said, oh, man, I've already done all my years of like partying and having fun like that. And then it clicked in for me like, yeah, he's right. So I would say that a problem is definitely kind of managing to get the grasp on all these aspects that you mentioned, like time management, how to work as a team and whatnot. But I, something that I feel like and this is what I would put my money on the fact that what is killing like the creativity necessarily. And it's something that our teachers uh, say not to worry about, but the school system and not even share it. And I would say just generally the school system kind of doesn't really uh, help with that. Uh, not worrying about the marks necessarily. Right. Cause I feel like maybe when you worry about marks, like for example, uh, there are some of my classmates that would think, Hey, if I go to character design and I don't do characters in my style, but I kind of do characters on like a more Disney-esque style or something like that, I'm probably going to get more marks, right? And I think if I were to just bet my money on what kills the creativity necessarily for the people that do end up having that effect, because again, like for me, even worrying about the marks, I feel like I haven't been placed in a box or something. But uh, I think it's that. I think when you stress out too much about the marks necessarily, it kind of you start putting yourself in a box in a kind of way, right? But here's the thing, for the people that say like, for the people like me, uh, and for some of our teachers that say, oh, don't worry about the marks, which I think is optimal, just learn, just do what you can, just put yourself out there, it doesn't matter about the marks. I would say that you're still kind of not getting a good aspect of, of, I guess the school process, because here's the thing, with good marks, you manage to get grants and loans and stuff like that. And the money definitely helps when you're in college. So if you're looking to get those grants and whatnot and you want to keep getting like hundreds, 100% of the time, maybe worrying about the marks is something that you should. It's just a, like for me, it's such a complicated topic because every, th every time I think there's like an answer on how to not kill your creativity or if it does, I always find something different, right? But I, I agree with you on, uh, on the part that uh, – you already had the experience of learning this from your degree and whatnot. So another thing that you're going to be wrestling with on top of the marks is exactly what you mentioned, the idea that you have to learn and pick up all these skills, especially if you're fresh out of high school. Terry, <laughs> oh my God, I couldn't believe the amount of people with us that were just fresh out of high school. And I know that in our class, we didn't have a lot of them, but I was talking to people from other classes and apparently like, yeah, it's just a thing. You're out of high school and you're suddenly in this like environment and Maybe it's a subjective – no, it definitely isn't a subjective opinion. I like to just sometimes be rough and say like, oh, yeah, this is just the way it is. But in this case, I honestly think it depends on certain people. But when you're fresh out of high school, you're still not out of that like I want to have fun phase and I want to mess around. And maybe at 2 a.m. I want to go to Rabba's and just buy a ton of fucking candy and just eat it instead of doing my homework. I want to play video games. Now, oh, I'm not – 
saying that from personal experience at all. I was going to say, that's what you're doing at 2 a.m. You're no. buying candy. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in our fundamentals, I used to fuck around all the time, right? Uh, and, like, I definitely think that at 18 and 19, uh, the experience that I have with most people of that age is they still want to have their fun, right? And that's not a bad thing at all. No, but, that's... Well, I mean, I did all that stuff, too, when I was in university, and that's part of the experience. It's, like, where I got some of my best friends from and times I'll never forget and all that stuff, too. So, like, 100%, go and have fun. And, and like, uh, I've also chatted with people on this podcast that have become very successful in what they do. Like, um, like I will. In terms of, of course. Yeah, exactly. Well, you will. 100%. In terms of animation, <laughs> in the animation industry. And some of them said, like, you know what, I came out of Sheridan or whatever school with, like, not that great marks. And I felt like everybody was kind of better than me and I didn't know what to do. And it really just takes some determination to, to get oh, yeah. where you want to go, really. Um, Sheridan has a lot of connections with studios yeah. in Canada and all over the world. And all the profs that are seeing your work are also kind of in the industry as well. But they're preparing you based on their experience and the, what the studios need that by the end of the four years, you have the skills it takes to start working at an entry level position at a studio, either if it's in Toronto or California or wherever, you can go to that studio and you can just jump right in and start doing the work. So like, that's the main thing. There are people that use Sheridan to learn to learn the skills and then do their own things. Like uh, we have lots of examples, especially in like character design class where, you know, somebody uses all of the, the talents and skills they got out of Sheridan to like go be a children's author and write books or yeah. like mm -hmm. do their own kind of like NFB National Film Board of Canada like films or just to like be a cool person in general. So it really depends on like what you want out of Sheridan at the end of the day. And like marks are part of that, of course. If you do well with marks, like the props aren't going to have issues with you. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably going to share your work around a little bit more. You'll get noticed a little bit more. So like not to say marks are the be all and end all, but they're a good, they're like how Sheridan evaluates how well you're picking up the skills it's preparing you for the industry, right? So yeah. of course, like, I don't know, if I look back at my grades from uh, business school, like, yeah, I did, I, I like worked hard and got good grades, but like they had zero impact on my career, really. It was more about the connections and the co-op experience and like coming out with confidence and stuff like that. So what do you, what do you like? So now that we're speaking about this, like what is your, you're worried about this? What is your goal to come out of Sheridan with? Like, see, that's the thing. I'm not sure because I feel like, and again, I just want to say this. <laughs> this is mostly my experience, right? I do have a lot of classmates that have completely different ideas and completely different thoughts about this. But I think I can say that I would expect Okay, it's my expectation that most people going into Sheridan do end up having like a goal or a dream of ending up in a studio that's big and that's successful and that they can really like put their max at. Like I'm sure that maybe not a lot of us. I I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the people in the program wanted to end up at something like Pixar or uh, maybe uh, I don't want to name like anime studios. I don't even know how that works. That's a whole different thing that I have no idea how people get in that industry necessarily. Maybe we'll probably learn later in the future. But the thing is that I'm not sure what expectations I have because uh, in terms, I do know that I want to end up working in the animation field somehow, uh, whether it's going to be movies or video games, I'm not sure. I tend to have a passion for both of these things, uh, probably video games more than anything. But uh, I guess that's the, I guess that's the thing, right? Like it's going through the program and trying to figure out, 
maybe what would you want to go for? Again, it's not like you just, I maybe you're good enough so that you'll just decide what you want to do. Maybe you have offers from everywhere. I'm not sure how that works. But uh, maybe you'll just have one offer and you have to end up with that job. But out of what I want to do, ideally, uh, it's something that I flip-flop on, right? For example, I wouldn't do good in storyboarding class and I think like maybe I don't want to do something like narrative related. Maybe video game animations is what I'm at. And then I would do bad in, let's say, like animation class and one thing. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe character design is something I want to do, right? So it's something that's constantly changing. And it's something that I don't have, like, a definitive answer right now. Uh, but it's I definitely... Think that's fine, though. Like, it's so, like, I mean, even myself, I go back and forth on different things that I want to do, too. But you're, we're only in first year. We, we just finished first <laughs> yeah. year. And first year is really, like, here's a taste of the basics, like... Here's what storyboarding storyboarding is like, and here's what character design is like, and here's what animation is like. Um, and there's still more things we haven't even done yet, like 3D that that uh, or like video game stuff that can happen too, right? So mm -hmm. I think it's fine. If, Whatever, there's lots of time. Yeah, if I have to say anything, is that I tend to find myself really gravitating towards making animation for video games. It's something that I want to work on over the summer with some of my friends that want to make. Uh, video games and stuff like that and uh, see kind of get our hands on it so hopefully that's kind of where i go but again it's something that like i flip-flop around with a lot so <laughs> i'm not exactly sure but like you said first year right we're gonna do 3d hopefully next year and whatnot so that might give us some ideas and what about let me ask you this terry okay let's flip ask it on me. the host so <laughs> out of everything that you've done in school like what did you like the most that you probably want to do professionally i'd say like it was it like storyboarding character design was it animating um character design animation storyboarding are like the three in my opinion or at least that for me work to tell the like um i can tell stories through those mediums versus like i find it harder to tell a story through life drawing or perspective mm -hmm. and stuff like that so i really love crafting and expressing stories so those are like the three areas that i really enjoyed so we'll see as things develop um i'd say i spent the most time personally on animation class and also painting just because i knew i was lacking in in painting because i never tried it before so yeah. maybe it'll end up being animation for me where i get my start in well it's so it's so weird saying that like oh with painting it was because your paintings, like your final paintings, like the four different texture one. Oh my god, it turned out so insane! Ah, <laughs> it okay. was so good. But let me ask you something: Did you put on your on your website uh, the character in sequence that you did, the yeah. one with the chicken and the fox? Because I'm gonna say that was absolutely incredible. And I was wondering, did you? Uh, I know you did the assignment uh, for the in sequence and whatnot, but did you feel like? Did you storyboard that or did you kind of just go at it from like the end sequence? Uh, I, the thing is that I think that's such a good sequence. And I feel like you could do something with those characters specifically and that kind of brand of humor. And in all honesty, I, I don't know. It was just the one project that you did out of all of them. They were all fucking excellent. But that one was like, oh, my God, I would want to see more of this. I don't know, like maybe like a little uh, gag show. Like what's the name of that? Uh, animation of the cat that everyone loves online simon's, that, simon's cat yeah 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 something like, oh man it would be so good like a little youtube series of that it was what so everybody good. doesn't know is that i actually paid fernando beforehand to say really nice things about me <laughs> well thanks that's what? that's so great of you to say <laughs> uh, i feel good that you liked it um 
No. So We've done that the, money, Terry. So I guess it's just a little ex explanation of the in-sequence. So in character design class, we have to design a character that we're going to uh, put over like 20-ish panels interacting with an object in a gag. <laughs> Um, so mine is just a, a little fox like hopping up to an egg and he like steals the egg, but he trips and falls. The egg, the egg cracks. A little chick comes out. He's like about to eat the chick. And then the chick pulls out a gun and arrests him and then puts him in jail. So that that's like the in sequence that I did. He goes to trial too. He goes to trial. Yeah. And there's it's a little excellent. chick judge oh. who like slams the gavel down and sentences him <laughs> to jail. Um, I don't know. I just came up with it in class, and because I knew we would have to animate it at some point, yeah. I, in my mind, I foresaw it as like an animation. So I just made the the sequence, the different poses that I thought would be in the animation. And I'm actually still working on the animation mm -hmm. um, because I haven't been to school in a while, and I want to go back and use the studio and finish that up. So, uh, yeah, that's that's. I guess I guess the reason why I asked is because uh, we were mentioning like what classes we're good at and whatnot. And I was looking at a project like that and I was thinking, I guess, like what goes into that? There's the storyboarding of the poses. There's actually drawing the poses rough. And then that was what we needed for the end sequence, right? Just the, but then in animation, we pick that up and we continue that. And I just, I, I guess I'm trying to imagine like doing that animation, being on your shoes, like what would be the most fun part of that process for me, I guess, specifically of the end sequence animated afterwards not what we handed into oh sorry <laughs> well the, the most fun i had was just seeing people's reaction when the chick hatches and pulls out a gun like <laughs> a policeman yeah. just like even i remember even i did it on procreate and just like drew some rough sketches and explained it and it was like three pictures of like a fox and egg and then it hatches and has a gun and that alone was enough like enjoyment for me to be like okay let's turn this into something yeah, yeah. um I really liked exploring how it would play out. And then animation is just something I can like sit at and like eight hours will go by and I'll be like, oh, I didn't eat. Oh, okay, right. Like, oh, God, yes. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I get that. I've tried so many things over the years as hobbies. Like I, I've like tried writing. I've tried sculpting. I've tried all these things. And like drawing and animation and well specifically even stop motion is like something that i can always go back to and time just stands still and doesn't even happen so i already like i know that's something that i want to spend as much time as i can doing in the future so that's why i'm like pursuing this career path now um so i kind of yeah that's just my experience and kind of what i get out of it yeah i I will say I completely understand that part of you saying that you were kind of animating something and drawing something. And it was funny enough that it kind of got a reaction out of people. Uh, same thing with my Insequist project when I made the huge cat and he's just the bipedal cat. And he's just walking up and hearing everyone go like, oh, wow, it was pretty strong. This is a pretty buff cat. And then he turns around. And he's got this massive bulge and everyone going, oh, God, that was so much fun. And yeah. So that's even coming back to what we were mentioning before i feel like that's why school didn't for me at least didn't kill my creative process because working within the boundaries of the assignment you can still make some really fun stuff like it's always fun to see your class and your teacher just outright shocked and surprised because you've put a massive bulge on this anthropomorphic <laughs> cat it's oh man it's <laughs> it's fun I know. I remember that. Well, what about you? Like, what do you find is the that you spent the most time on or you found the most interesting out of 
all the so maybe I should just go over the classes uh, just yeah, for people sure. who are wondering what Sheridan's like. So first semester you have a storyboard class, animation. Uh, you have uh, a storytelling storyboard telling lecture. You have life drawing, which is with live models. You have character design. You have gouache painting. You have perspective. Am I missing any? You have digital uh, tools, which teaches you like Adobe Photoshop and Premiere and After Effects. Are there any others? I think uh, that's it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure for first semester, I think so. Like you mentioned painting. That's the one that we yeah. don't have second semester. Yeah, I think that's most of them, yeah. And then second semester, the only class that's different is gouache painting turns into digital painting on Photoshop, right? Oh, and you have animation history, uh, which comes with some tests. Yeah. Everything else is just continuation, yeah. So out of all that, like, where did you, like, one thing I know you for is just drawing, like, really buff girls and really buff <laughs> dudes in, yeah. like, super crazy action poses, like, fighting. <laughs> so where did you find yourself spending the most time on projects? Uh, do you mean, like, in the, in, like, a, I'm having fun and I'm spending a lot of project, or this is difficult and I'm spending, like, a lot of time? <laughs> Well, no, like the same the same sentiment of the question you asked me, like, where did I? Oh, where did you find like the most fun? I would definitely yeah. say that it was uh, definitely like animation. I just wish that again, like I'm sure that you know this in animation, I'd have so much fun initially coming up with a concept and kind of doing like the rough motion drawing where like uh, we're just drawing shapes moving. Right. And we're trying to get like the movement right. It was so much fun that I'd end up being really overly ambitious and just making something that it was hard to clean up and then to wrap it up at the end. So th that was definitely like the most fun, even though it came with its uh, downsides because I just don't know when to stop when I'm having fun. Uh, what else? Character design was also a lot of fun. I'd say those two classes were probably like my absolute favorite of them, uh, character design and uh, animation. I just... It's something about like having this original concept or this this really fun concept that you can start out on any of the other classes and taking it to animation and seeing it like move that it just really <laughs> it just really enjoy it even if it's something really fucking stupid. I know that the very first assignment I did for animation it was actually uh, I, I I started on animation class and then I went to digital tools and I worked on it and it was just this dumb looking a green blob with like uh rabbit ears just falling on the ground and like the bounce that it like when it hits the ground it flops back up like so yeah seeing it move i think is the most fun part that's where i say that i probably spend most of my time and enjoying it of course <laughs> so like well yeah i don't think i saw that one because that was like our final assignment last semester so you're gonna have to share that with me oh yeah um, I think it's and and are you telling me that you spent uh, digital tool time doing a different class assignment? <laughs> no, Harry, I would not be no. saying that at all. Um, digital tools time is for the just, digital tools assignments, of course. Listen, <laughs> I'm a um, good so, student. So on another light, like what is something <laughs> that you found really challenging at Sheridan that maybe you didn't expect going into it? Okay, so uh, obviously you know that I'm <laughs> saying that with a with a with a little bit of a joke when I say that I was an excellent student, uh, I was just okay. But uh, one class that I found challenging because the other ones, whenever I got bad marks or whenever I had challenges, because as somebody who is still learning to do this, uh, bad time management and stuff, but something that I put the effort and time into it legitimately and I would still not get good marks because I just not grasping the concepts well was 
storyboarding, storyboarding, like there'd be some storyboards that I go like, okay, I know what our teacher's going to want to see. I know what makes for like a good story and I'm going to do this. And then I'd be doing it next to a friend and I'd be like, why did you do that shot? That just doesn't, and I'm making them sound meaner than they actually are. Sorry. They're (laughs) very sweet, but I'd have a classmate say like, that doesn't make any sense because if you're cutting from someone's, uh, uh, from a close-up to somebody and then from the POV of another character, they're just going to interpret it as the POV of the original character you showed. And I'm like, God, that is so obvious and so basic. I don't know why that didn't register in my head, right? So I'd say the class that I struggled the most with uh, and I put the most effort in and tried, it was storyboarding for sure out of everything else. Aside from painting, because I just don't, I just can't control gouache very well. But I'd say storyboarding was tough. That well, was gouache is also tough. Um, yeah, but storyboarding is very, very technical. Like things, things that I never considered mattered because I'd like done a comic strip before. Like I was just treating it like that. But yeah, when you're cutting from shot to shot, everything has to be seamless. How do you think? Like, what is the biggest thing you learned over the two semesters that you came out with that was uh, like now you can flex on with storyboarding? Oh God, I definitely think. And it's so, like, I was talking to people that are outside of the program, and they're like, yeah, that's obvious. I don't know how you were in animation and you didn't even see this. And I was like, oh, God, no. I fucking... But no, uh, line of action. Line of action and, like, knowing, like, the moment you start breaking a line of action and the moment you start kind of breaking where characters are and just moving them from one sequence to another, uh, it, it, it just makes it confusing for the, the viewer, right? And I guess it's very much like you said, you want to make it seamless, uh, and you just want to make things flow into each other. And I guess when it when that's best done is when the viewer doesn't even realize th- that this rule is happening. Like when you're just following, let's say, the main character from one scene to another. And you're able to just keep watching him the whole time without losing track of where he's going and stuff like that. I think it's one of those things that I would say that for the casual viewer, it's when you've done it masterfully is when they don't even recognize it. Right. Cause the, I think for the usual person that doesn't know this rule, the only time they pay attention and notice that, that people are flip flopping around the screen, like a character they're supposed to be focusing on is when you're doing it bad enough so that they lose track of where the character is. Now, when yeah. you do it well enough, it, they just don't even notice it because it's just happening without them even kind of realizing. Right. I'd say that in storyboard, that's the one that I most, Oh, I cannot forget because it nailed me in the butt so bad. And your storyboards always show the action starting and then do the action. Don't just like if a character is going to start running, make him stand still in one panel. Next panel, he's starting to run. Next panel, he's running. Next panel, he stopped running. And then the panel after that, he completely has stopped running. Always show action and make it baby proof. If a baby can understand what's happening, then you've done an excellent job. <laughs> Don't assume Step your one, go know. find a baby. Step and, two. Yeah, yeah just grab uh, No, I, I totally agree with you. I, some, that's something I struggled with, too, because, like, in my mind, oh, yeah, he's already running. So, like, why would I go back and show him not running? Like, the viewer can just, like, figure that out in their mind. But really, like, they can't because you're trying to, like, output your own imagination into somebody else's imagination, I guess. And if you don't make it like extremely super clear, they're going to get lost and be like, wait, wasn't that character like over there? And aren't we on this side? And now I'm not sure what's going on. And it's like, yeah, it's funny now that I'm like watching TV and movies, like with a storyboarding eye, there are times when I'm like, oh, they they like totally broke this and it didn't work. And now I know why. And other times when I'm like, oh, they broke this and it works. And now I know why. So 
And the interesting yeah. part too is that I guess I have friends here at home and they're in game you design. You have friends at home? It's crazy, right? Like, oh it's so. <laughs> who would live with this mess of a human being? But no, I have <laughs> friends here at home and uh, I don't know. Sometimes I want to tell them like about storyboarding and stuff necessarily. And it's just incredibly interesting how ridiculously baby proof it needs to be and again not to harp on stuff like you see storyboards from directors like that and i think everyone harps on it when they talk about bad storyboards but you look at the storyboards from the director of uh god what was the name of the new bad star wars movie it was uh the new trilogy the one that everyone was like really upset at where uh, i don't want to spoil it but there's a uh, before Rise of the Skywalker, because that one got announced. It's not even out yet. It's The Last Jedi. Last Jedi, I think. Oh, The Last Jedi. Yeah, everyone was upset at it. And then you look at the storyboards from the director, and obviously they're not uh, that good. And it's incredible how sometimes you can have it all in your mind, and you can be the director of this the, this movie, right? And even though you have it all in your mind, making it to something that other people can understand and read is a completely different idea. Because this guy... Uh, I'm not going to comment on whether he's a good director or not because I don't feel like I'm knowledgeable enough to make a judgment call on whether this guy's good or not. Okay, I've just started animation. But no, it's incredible how you can have like a mastermind and this whole movie in your head, but that doesn't translate to having a storyboard that people can understand. That's a completely different thing. Like in my mind, I have this animation. Like the, our final assignment, The Ant and the Dove, I was like, oh God, I have it in my head. It's perfect. It's beautiful. It's the best damn animation anyone in this in this damn college has ever done and then putting it on paper and showing it to our teacher it's 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 completely different right you, you, well uh, the idea is the same with the shots you have in your head but actually like drawing it for people to see it's a set of skills that involves making sure that it's completely understandable every aspect of it if you have like something on a background that happened that needs to be so clear and the important part is that it doesn't matter how long it takes with the panels right storyboard is something that people think like oh i'll i'll knock it out in like one or two seconds right well maybe you're not realizing that like you said and like i said you have to show the character starting to do something and finishing it and then moving on to something else you need to make sure every step of the way is shown and clear and that is more time than any other person would think like people here at home might think like oh i'll i'll knock out a storyboard in one or two seconds right like my friends might think that because maybe they don't do animation but then the moment you start realizing that you have to show this it's like oh this is more time consuming than i thought and it's still quicker than a lot of other assignments but to be thorough you have to dedicate your time to it and it's it's amazing how many misconceptions there are about storyboarding that you find out are not true when you're in the program that's very interesting to me it's just insane <laughs> Yeah, and I like I like what you said, how you have the whole story in your mind, because I, I feel that too. And then when I start storyboarding, I'm like, this is nothing at all. Like, this is crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because in your mind, it's not like this defined medium. It's like this imaginative experience. You're looking at everything at once. But when you have to, like, choose, okay, I have a close-up, and then what do I include in that close-up? And which way are they looking? Whereas in, in my head, at least, it's like everything happening at once. It seems super awesome, um, but I also I also feel that way with all of the different assignments. Like with a digital painting, I'll be like, "This is what I want. It's going to be amazing," and then I'll like output it, and I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I have mm -hmm. so much to learn." Yep. But I also feel that I really enjoy like character design and animation, 
uh, a lot too because I feel like what I output is very close to what I have in my mind. I, I guess all these different classes are just like a different communication medium and yeah. and storyboarding is like so highly technical and if you don't get it right, you communicate something completely different and it's not just like, okay, you have a painting, you can like touch up this area. It's like, no, you have to go back and like make really hard decisions on changing everything. <laughs> and this is interesting too because I feel like talking about this is going to be wild because I know that part of the application process for animation for people that are still aren't in is making a small storyboard. And it's super interesting too, uh, because these are things that you should probably keep in mind if you're applying. I know that it's a lot more limited because I think you have six panels to work with for communicating a story when you are applying. Four. Is it four? Oh four. my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's four even panels. Yes. <laughs> so you, you're working very like in a very limited sense, but I guess it's something good to talk about at least because... I mean, there are people that might be listening and might be trying to figure out how to properly put it together to apply. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, well, like uh, I had a lot of misconceptions about what a storyboard was when I put together my application. And it was like the area that I didn't like do the best on out of everything else. Um, and looking back now, I would do a lot of things differently. So do you feel that way as well? Uh, would I do things differently on my application process? Definitely. With the, with the storyboard, yeah. Oh, with the storyboard? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. It was one of the things that I got hit the hardest with on. And I guess I definitely had a misconception of it just being a visual script rather than a communication. Uh, like, it's. I would feel like it's almost like stage directions rather than just putting down the story on paper, right? When I started it, the storyboard, it was like, oh, I just have to retell these events visually and maybe the mindset that i should have had is more like if you were directing actors in the stage and if things were happening if you were just you could push a button and you could make things happen like with a certain timing at the right time at the right place with the right uh movement from left to right like it's that's the mindset that i kind of wish that i had uh doing that on the storyboard yeah i mean i've seen a lot of uh, storyboard just because I mentioned before people email me with their portfolio um, and ask for advice and sometimes like and I made this mistake too it's like I wanted each panel to be like a complete story almost like mm -hmm. include a ton of detail yeah. it's an interesting shot like everything is there and so like you make the character really small on the screen and you have like a building behind and that building is stuff in the window and a sign and there's people walking on the street and all this stuff yep. and like your next panel, it's a completely different angle. It's like a super interesting angle. The character is like in a different spot. Things have changed around. When in reality, like keep your character on literally one side of the screen, make the background just extremely basic and just quick lines. Yeah. And show where the eyes are looking and the and the direction and the action. And and like the story itself, like I, I feel like everybody wants, and I did too, like wants to have that twist at the end. You know, like you set it up, you go through this story and then there's a big surprise. But like when you think about it, the profs looking at the applications are literally looking over a thousand or more. And if they spend one minute on your storyboard. That's like a thousand minutes. Yep. Like, that's insane. <laughs> so it's, it's like what can you communicate in like four seconds or even just less than that that already shows that you can tell a story. And it's like, I don't know, character walking up to object, picks, bends down to pick up object, picks up object. And then eats it like that would be a more simple 
yeah. story almost. <laughs> What's something that's important to remember, and I guess it's important, like even if you aren't doing the program, even if you're planning on doing the program, it's important to know the only thing you need to make detailed and or clear are things that help you communicate the story. It's very much like you said, if a character's walking from left to right, don't put details on the background buildings because unless something, unless like a, pa- a, a flower pot, falls from that building like out the window and hits the character in the head like there's no reason for you to be putting detail or making that like anything more than just basic for people to understand everything that needs to be detailed is everything that will interact and move the story forward like everything that interacts with the character and just keeps the story going forward that's the the only thing you need to kind of put any more effort than just basic into from what i understand so Let's let's talk about uh, maybe some other aspects of Sheridan because I know we're yeah. like going down rabbit holes here, which I think is fine too. But like, um, so from your experience, what is the culture of of Sheridan and like as a student and and everything like besides the classes? Because it's like from my experience, I went to I went to Laurier for my business degree, which is a very large school, has a big like party attitude on campus. Oh, um, there's a lot of like free time to like just chill with everybody and like hang around, go out, whatever. And then you like spend a couple days before every exam, like cramming and cramming and cramming for hours and hours and hours. And then you have the exam and then you have a bunch of free time again. Um, so what what is it like for you at Sheridan? So uh, outside of the class in terms of like the culture, this is so interesting because I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but it's a, it's a lot of it's it's a lot of time off between work, it feels like. Uh, when you're at least for the animation program, I'm sure that for other programs it's probably different. Like in art fundies, I would say that I had a different experience where it felt like work when you come, uh, when you finish class, you go home. Maybe there's a little bit more work, but goof off time with your friends after class. Animation is different. Animation is every oh god, and it depends if you're a good student too. But for the most part, I'd say that it is you finish class. And you check out your friends. Where are you going to be doing your homework? Where, what are you going to be doing? Where are you going for your homework? Yeah. And you find fun times while working with your friends. You go to – I personally didn't because I got very distracted. And at home, like I have all the comfort that I want and I can listen to whatever I want and watch whatever I want while I'm working, which is a bad idea. Please do your homework. And if you can't handle watching something while you're doing homework, just don't. <laughs> but no uh, – it's basically just finding out what people are doing on their free time and I guess doing like work with them. If you're on a crunch, you message your friend. You're like, hey, where are you going to be working? Let's work together. So it's easier to focus and when the two of you can bounce off of each other, uh, finishing class, you can go to the coffee loft and you can eat something while you're probably thinking about what work you're going to do when you get home. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to have time to just completely not do work. Uh, the animation program is what I feel. And the culture around that is kind of figuring out where you could sneak in time to have like fun times with your friends i suppose uh it's not going to be strictly like time off it's going to be uh you figuring out what you're going to do next and how you're going to incorporate fun into it because you still need to have fun most importantly but uh outside completely outside of animation even outside of the class i would say that sheridan has uh God, I guess the word is like fun because even when I was completely not doing uh, 
stuff in class. I managed to sign up for uh, the right clubs, right? I'm in the Recreation Council for Sheridan. So we were we were planning out fun events. Uh, again, everything had to be quick because it's very demanding, the animation program. But uh, you do things like planning out, like, oh, yeah, let's do a D&D event where people kind of uh, are dungeon masters and anyone can come in and you can participate on your first D&D event. Oh, let's make a Super Smash Brothers tournament. So it's a fun environment if you learn how to make it fun. I'd say whatever your teacher said about, well, at least what my teacher said about high school for me was, high school is going to be fun if you make it fun. If you go out there and you put yourself out there for college, it's the same thing. Sheridan has a wonderful, fun culture of being able to enjoy yourself with friends, but the idea is that you put yourself out there. If you already have fun with your classmates and class and that's all you want, that's fine. But if you're noticing that you're not having fun, maybe signing up for like a, a, a club or something might help. Maybe signing up for a, being like a council member or something like that. That might like help. But it's it's interesting. Uh, I would say that we in animation have a skewed view of it. Because when we weren't in class, we were just moving along somewhere else until we had to go back to class. I would be interested in hearing that question from somebody that didn't have such a heavy workload and how their idea of the culture around Sheridan was. (laughs) Right. Well, that's my experience, too. It's like as soon as class is done, it's like, are you going to the the first year studio or like, are you sticking around? Like, do you want to grab food quickly and then go work? (laughs) But it, but I like what you said, too, like in the studio, just being there and working on stuff like people take breaks and like have fun and people are bringing like their DS and play Smash Bros and yep. stuff like that. Um, so but you said like it's a lot of work and stuff. And so and, and before I came to Sheridan too, like a lot of people, I'd say, like, quote unquote, gave me like a warning about how much work the program is and how competitive it is. So um, like for myself, I treated it kind of like my job type of thing where like I didn't really take a lot of free time and every day was just kind of like a nine to five, maybe more like a seven to 10 <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, working and weekends too. So like from your perspective, how competitive or like what's the workload, like how many Ooh. hours a week would you spend on typical assignments? Cause that's also a question I get a lot from people who email me about this. Oh God. Okay. Uh, you start your day at let's say nine or eight, the earliest you have class until, let's say, average out. Let's say you have class until 6. You come home. You do homework until 8 or 10. If you're late on assignments, you're not going to be sleeping until very late. You're going to cram that boy out, and I did a lot of that. But uh, I would say that it doesn't matter if you're a good student that gets work done because if you're a good student and you get work done, you're going to start working on the next project already. So I'd say that it's a it's an even ground where uh, – if you do stuff ahead of time, you're obviously going to finish all the assignments and have free time. What you're going to do with your free time is work on the next assignment. So I'd say for everyone's an equal experience in terms of how much uh, time you're putting in. If uh, Yeah, I think you're starting at 8 p.m. Uh, 8 a.m., sorry. Jesus. I think you're starting at 8 a.m. and going uh, until 8 p.m. probably where you're sneaking in one or two hours of food and maybe talking to a friend in between that. And at the very least, what I'd say what you'd give yourself for free time is uh, like two hours at the end of the day. At least that was my experience, right? Yeah. I'm sure there were other people that were so, cause they're, got it. You were surprised with how much like you'd consider like, oh, an average human can do this. And then you meet somebody in your classroom that's like, 
I can not only draw 10 times better than what you can, right? But I can do it with a fraction of the second. And you're like, how are you a human that walks with two legs and breathes, breathes like air? I don't understand. But uh, yeah, I'd say in my experience, the standard time you're going to be spending is from 8 a.m. 8 p.m. Get in some free time in between one or two hours. Want to be talking with a friend even during the free time? You're going to be finding some way yeah. uh, to get the work done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Like they're so like I'm an older student and coming in and being like surrounded by like 18 year olds or 17 year olds and being like, oh, my gosh, like, uh, how are you? Like, how are you? This <laughs> oh, my. Like, yeah. So intimidated and, and like you're so young compared to me. But I don't. at the end of the day, like you're working on your own pace. You're all there to learn. You've all gotten into the program because, you know, you have recognized talent and, and you can do the technical aspects and stuff. But something that uh, also people told me about before I went into the program is like, it's super competitive, you know, like treat, don't like burn bridges or anything. But I haven't really experienced any of that. I feel like the opposite, like everybody's there to like kind of uplift you. And if you need help, yeah, I could go to anybody and be like, hey, can you help me on this? Like, figure this out. And people are, like, super happy and hey, super quick. Did you ever – what was your take I on just, this? Can I just say one thing before we move on to that? Yeah. Okay, so super quick. I just need to make this extremely clear for the, the, for the question before. Please, if you're like me, don't pull all-nighters all the time. Please, I am begging you. I have to take time just to say this because I suffered. And listen, if you're hanging out with your friends and you realize that you spend more than two hours just talking and not doing work or watching movies and playing video games, you're going to suffer. You need sleep. Please, don't do what I did. I am urging you. Please, be better. Rise you. above. Please. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's that's a good warning. <laughs> yeah, but about competitiveness in the program, uh, and people... I would say that you hear way more, even in the program, like uh, on a Sheridan Confessions page and whatnot, and even talking to people, you hear way more stories about people being nasty and people being like competitive than uh, you actually see. I would say there is some competitiveness in the program. I definitely feel the competitiveness in the sense of me looking at someone else's work and being like, they know this, they know this better than I do. Let me see how I can learn from their work. Let me see how I can kind of see what they do and learn these lessons and take it on to myself. But I mean, yeah, but that's, that's healthy. That's yeah. like healthy competitiveness. Yeah. Like I have yet to meet one person in the program that's like knocking someone else down to kind of, especially because too, it's like you said, like be careful with burning bridges and whatnot. No one has been mean, but if it were to happen, right, the, what we're learning is that we're going to be in the studio when we wrap up the program with classmates, most likely, like a lot of Sheridan uh, graduates manage to get jobs and a lot of them end up working with each other. So mm -hmm. it would make sense for you to not burn any bridges and for you to uh, be as nice as you can. But like I I've yet to meet some beef between students because of competitiveness or even different programs. Something that you hear a lot is like. Oh, yeah, the illustration students hate the animation students, and the animation students hate these students. I have yet to see something like that. Uh, it, it's Everyone's really nice. Uh, another question I have is because it's something we've talked about a lot, too, is like the whole social media aspect of what we're doing. Because um, especially now, like when I've talked to other people in the industry, there's there's kind of conflicting views. Some people are like, yeah, we hire from social media. And some people are like, yeah, whatever, do, do your social media. Like it doesn't doesn't impact your job. But here, I think 
I can't think of a student, maybe like one or two that I know that doesn't have like a Twitter or Instagram where they post all their assignment work. And mm-hmm. like, it's almost like everybody's goal is to like, at least on Instagram, like post all your work and gain followers and get noticed and, and stuff like that too, with, with uh, everything you're doing, because it's very, like, we live in a social culture now. So yeah. um, I don't know, what what is your take on the whole Instagram or like Twitter, like you have both. So what's oh, your whole take on the social media so, thing and how you're I'm doing? I'm so forward? bad at social media. I wish that I had a better answer. But think about this, Terry, right? Like, here's what I think. Okay. Here's my nuanced view as a 21 year old that's lived in the world for 21 years now. Okay. That's wild. That's insane. If you but, said uh, any other number than 21. <laughs> Like what? <laughs> I'd be. I if you said any other number twenty one, I am glad that I went to art school and not something involving math. But uh, I guess the idea is that at least for me, when I was in high school, I thought, you know what? If I'm talented enough and if I'm good, I can get a viewership, I can get a following, and that somehow magically, like in high school, I didn't understand. Is like magically that means jobs. And I'm guessing when you're young, and like you said, like we grew up in the age of social media being a thing around the time when we were like in high school like having facebook no not even high school like elementary school i had a facebook and uh and like having that happen i guess i guess it's one way to like imagine how connect the dots like big follow big following equals job somehow or popularity or something and what i'm realizing is that uh it is conflicting the answer right but at the same time if you're talented enough and if you know where to look, uh, I'm sure that somebody with a good portfolio with little social media can make an application to a studio. And if their work is good, they'll get hired, right? So I guess the idea is that most of us already start on the social media train before even realizing what it kind of means, right? Uh, yeah. Especially because a lot of people like well, a lot of my friends and myself are people that do free work uh, commission before anything like we're uh in high school i was doing kind of uh art commissions our our friends for the summer uh some of them want to do art commissions to make money on the side of part-time jobs so i guess i guess it's translating the fact that there are some success in social media to somehow getting a job which you don't necessarily need that uh i think uh you were telling me about that too like if you have a good portfolio and you apply, you're in, like, for the most part. But it's it's really interesting because I'm still learning about that. And there are some instances that you hear of people that got hired from studios because their social media was really good and their art was really good. So it's it's super conflicting, but I feel like it's just natural for people my age to start early. Because you already have Facebook by elementary school and you're just kind of on the race so early. You kind of just equate that to success overall in uh, the art area, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Like, I don't think it's it's not like guaranteed you're going to get a job, but it's like another it's another opportunity that could potentially lead to something, even if it yeah. doesn't. Oh, you know, like it doesn't hurt. doesn't it, it only does good, I think. But yeah, I, I saw um, you kind of get a laugh when I said I had Facebook in elementary school. <laughs> well, because uh, I was in university and when Facebook came out, and I had to like literally contact Mark Zuckerberg to what? get him to add my high school. <laughs> Wait, really? <laughs> because well, it wasn't Mark. It was like before you could 
you could join, you had to confirm that you actually went to such and such high school. So I had to actually contact support and like somebody specifically got back to me to like verify I went to high school at this place so I could, it was that early. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and anyways. You have, you have an 11 year old who's just like, hi, I'm from uh, St. Augustine Elementary. Hi, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I know a couple people too that got internships from from their Instagram. So I think that's great. And I kind of had that mentality before I even came to school. Like I was doing this daily comic, and I was like, "Why isn't the world magically reaching out to me and offering me amazing things?" Well, I'm just a random dude drawing. So yeah, like, actually, can I? I want to touch up on this a bit. And if it's okay, I don't know how yeah, the editing process works, but I might ask you to take some of this out because, yeah. But uh, no. Uh, it's insane with social media because what I've learned the most is that if you're good, you're going to get followings and stuff like that. But nothing beats, nothing trumps connections and knowing the right people, right? It's just something to realize that like maybe social media doesn't like help you. Maybe you're not magically, like you said, the world isn't magically giving you likes or something like that. But uh, I guess the way to beat that is to make good connections, get to know people because people will help you. Like for example, I'm just right now, just at the end of first year, there are some artists on Twitter that are really big and who are starting to, who I started kind of talking to and they're helping me out. They're giving me, uh, they're exposing me to new people they've made. And again, that's if you care about social media, because like I said before, if you have a good portfolio and you apply, that's all you need. But if you care about social media and likes connections, Right now, I've gotten two like big shout outs from uh, artists who are relatively like really big. And I didn't even ask any of them. They just liked me because we spoke a bit and they were like, this guy's pretty cool. And I like their artwork. And that's awesome. yeah, and that's something that they mentioned at Sheridan, too. Like connections are so damn important. Every last one of them. Uh, it can give you jobs from what I understand. I haven't gotten a job from it yet, but I hear from friends that like. A friend was telling me at the end of the program, like, oh, right now I have a roommate that got a job somewhere. And they said, I'll put in a good word for you. And hopefully they'll get like you can get hired as an intern or something like that. Connections are so damn important. And it's tough for people like me who, unless you know this person and you're friends with them, you don't really talk to strangers, right? You just kind of hang out and you do your own thing. But get at it. Get out of your comfort zone and meet new people and talk to people and get to know them and show them your work and have you don't need to have business card ready, business cards ready, I think, although you probably should. Actually, don't listen to me. Have business cards ready, okay? I need to have a business card. Okay, listen to me. Please do that. But you don't need to hand it out to people. But yeah, if you're going into Sheridan, please, for the love of God, make connections and get out of your comfort zone. I have a friend of mine who used to step into the lecture hall, and I'll never forget, it was like second semester, first day, he steps into the lecture hall, everyone says his name. It's like, it was, and I was like, holy shit, I guess this, my classmates more popular than I thought. But stuff like that, it really helps you. Like, just knowing who your neighbor is in terms of, like, classroom and knowing that they'll get somewhere and they'll remember you and they're your friends and you're nice and you do your work good, it might land you somewhere. So please, please make connections, please. <laughs> Can you uh, start an advice column called, like, Life Advice from Fernando? And it's like, please make <laughs> connections. Please don't pull all-nighters. And it's just like... <laughs> the thing is that the worst of all is that these are all things teachers and friends told me. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm so good. I'll be able to do 
I, I would be able to do everything because I'm just so talented and good. And then I get smacked in the face. And I'm like, okay, please, just listen to your teachers, please. <laughs> just listen to your parents. There's the whole column. Your mom and your dad know a lot. Please listen to them. Please, you know what? I want you to tomorrow morning if you live with your parents i want you to make breakfast wake up at eight okay do something new wake up at eight make some eggs and bacon if your mom's not a vegan then make some eggs and bacon and then just go up to her and you say you know mom i appreciate you and maybe you don't know so much about art but the fact that you're telling me how to live i appreciate it and just give her eggs and bacon and then you know what pour her some orange juice too be nice okay wow you're not wow. giving her a drink. You're just giving her eggs and bacon. Get her a drink. She'll appreciate it. Okay. There you go. That's my column. <laughs> I love this. Uh, I liked what you're saying about the the like likes thing and connections because like I think and Instagram just took away the the public likes, which is like I find it so frustrating because I like seeing how many likes things have, but at the same time, like what's more valuable, like a connection where you're getting feedback or ten likes, right? Like you know what I think? I think just like fifty times there. Yeah, I think that this is good for the people and it's partially good for me because I totally people that measure their self-worth based on their art. Sometimes I decide if a piece of art that I did was successful based on likes. And again, there is some truth to that, right? Because as somebody that has like a job in, uh, let's say, social media, you need to know this just because then you know what to improve. Right. But for the people that necessarily aren't there for their jobs i can see how this is like helpful because i i get it too like i do it to myself so part of me was like wow likes are gone i can just post art and be happy and not judge myself based on the likes and then i realized how the fuck am i gonna know if something i did was actually good like, compared to the last thing if i don't have likes right so yeah. <laughs> like, well, i think i think it's i mean i get caught up in the likes too and i'm not gonna lie there are certain assignments that i did for school where i was like mainly thinking about posting it on instagram um, <laughs> yeah. because because there's like a there's like a satisfactory like dopamine feedback loop oh my God. getting a lot of likes and it's it's it doesn't mean anything really i mean in one aspect if you're just going for the likes and you learn what gets likes over time you're really just producing free content to get more likes which isn't gonna help you so much and nail that job or make those connections that's true 100 too, yeah. it turns out for some people because that's you know that's just the nature of how social media works and all that stuff but yeah i i, I it's easy for me to be like don't get caught up in the likes but i'm myself caught up in the likes yeah, so oh, i can't really say anything that goes back to what we mentioned too because i guess you can totally put yourself in a box if you're just following what gives you likes, right? Like I guess school puts you in a box because you want the marks and I guess social yeah, media can probably put the same you... thing. It's like yeah. uh, validation in, in like a non real world sense, I guess. Yeah. But it's still an indicator of how well you're doing in some That's respect. Yeah. yeah. It's fucking wild. So it's actually going to be interesting. The next time you do a podcast with somebody, it might be good to keep track of like stuff like that because it's good to probably going to see how that's going to develop. Right. Because yeah. it's that's conversation. We were talking about that, me and my friends uh, yesterday. And it's so interesting. We were talking about that. And we were also talking about, I don't know if you follow like live streaming news, but there was this couple that make art on Twitch, which I also uh, stream on Twitch, by the way, wink, wink, just letting you guys know. But there was this couple that streams on Twitch and they just completely like went ham on someone else's art. And they just, they were extremely mean and it's ridiculous. The backlash they're getting on Twitter, even from actual like business companies too. Uh, mm. Yeah. It's just so strange. We were talking about that. And it's, it might be something for you to kind of look at. Cause it's just, 
it's terrible what they did, but it's an interesting feedback of how far social media also reaches, right? Like, uh, I'm sure that yeah. maybe some of your viewers heard about, like, Neko TV was this girl that makes art, and then there was this other artist and his girlfriend that just trashed her on their on their stream, and it got viral on Twitter. And now this person is dealing with an insane amount of backlash. Okay, when I say insane, I mean, like, social media-wise, it's insane. Also, like I told you, some companies also tweeted at them, like, a uh, companies and certain people like I prefer if you didn't have any involvement with me whatsoever. Uh, they were listening to music at the time and the singer from like a cover of a song that they were doing online was like hey I find really uncomfortable hearing my voice involved in this thing and whatnot please don't associate with my work and whatnot and stuff like that it was just really wild it was intense uh, well there you go burning bridges like that's not it's never yep. a good idea I guess no matter what you're doing um so just just getting back to the Sheridan thing. Now you finished first year. What was the like biggest thing you learned over the the or like perception that was broken or like coming out? Like what do you, what was a big success for you? Ooh, I can talk for a long time, but I'll try and nail this. Sum it up one sentence. <laughs> Everyone says it. I will say it. Time management. If you're good at it, you're set. If you're not, please learn because it's everything. It's honestly everything. I'm sure second year it's something else, but like first year, please learn to just time management. You will have time to have fun, two hours. You will have time for hanging out with friends, probably half an hour, but you will have time. Just manage your time. Just schedule. Simple schedule. They have like an agenda for you to write your works. Also, no, hold on. Please, if you don't like an assignment, if you're like, I'm not going to hand this in because I hate it. I don't care if it's late. Talk to your teacher, okay? Don't be ashamed because I, I got so ashamed of some of the, sh the stuff that I did that I spent like days working on. And by the time that I realized how to fix it, it was like really late and it was going to be late. If you talk with your teacher, they will know. They will show you the ropes. They're teachers. They're there to help you. They're not clients who are like giving you money. Like marks, I guess, are good. But remember, the reason why you're going to school is to learn. You're not there to like submit final projects that are beautiful and go into work of art. They, they, you're there to learn. So please use your teachers, learn from them, ask them. And I know it's really embarrassing sometimes to be like, hey, I I uh, took two weeks to come up with this. And then you show them like a piece of shit little animation that doesn't look good at all. And you're like, oh God, please, I can't believe I'm showing this. I spent two weeks on this trash, but it's okay. Because, number one, they're just like you. They're like another human being. It's going to be like, okay, yeah, maybe it doesn't look that good, but let me show you how to make it better, right? Please do that. Oh, God, please do that. I'm going to be very upset if you don't do that. I will know you personally, and I will be disappointed in you. I want you to go to sleep and think, oh, my God, I made Fernando upset. Please do that. Please. Um, so maybe in the opposite light, is there something that you know, you're know going into second year you're going to do a lot differently or you still need to work on or something? Say time management is always bad for me. The but same I, thing. Well, no, no, but hold on. I just want to touching it up. Time management is always bad for me, but I'm improving it. Second year, this is what uh, I think is a good idea to do. Uh, I think it's probably a good idea to try and uh, know what you're doing in the sense that, like I said, when you have fun, it's easy to get carried away and come up with these massive projects, massive ideas. Here's something that I've been tackling, and I think it might be interesting. How about taking a simple concept that's simple to make, but twisting it enough to have fun, and it's still being simple, right? Like, for example, I would say your animations, Terry, they're excellent, and they're simple, right? Look at something like, for example, a little fox. It goes to eat an egg. A chicken comes out. It's got a gun. And, like, that's creative. 
and simple. Like, it's not like, oh, this robot fox with, like, arms and blades and his parents were killed when he was young. I was looking for vengeance and the Dark Lord chick is hanging out. That actually sounds awesome, though. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not for school. Maybe, like, save that idea for later. I'm going to do that for my next character assignment. Some, like, robot (laughs) fox and a Dark Lord chick. That sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like, for assignments and for deadlines, try and come up with simple concepts that are fun and seeing what you can see what you can do creatively, how you can add a creative twist to that is something that I'm, it's a a goal that I'm giving myself uh, because I feel like the, fir- the very first assignment that we did, I had an idea that I really liked, and it was something along those lines. It was just we had to come up with three characters, one comic, one main character, and one antagonist, and they had to be visually clear which one is what. And I come up with a really cool concept that I like, where it's just a kid from an orphanage, and uh, the head of the orphanage is as bad as the antagonist, and the comic relief is the janitor. And then from there, I added, like, a fun twist. Like, it's an orphanage story, and... Uh, kind of uh from there i kind of made the twist of the kids don't realize it but they're uh they're uh the head of the orphanage is a ancient god and to keep himself alive because people don't believe in ancient gods anymore like these kids are like praying to them and they don't they don't realize that it's like they're like praising an old god and keep it alive and uh like a a neil gaiman sort of thing like uh yeah yeah american gods exactly kind of like that and I thought that I was really happy with that idea, and it was a really fun concept. But at, at its core, it was simple. Orphanage, antagonist, uh, head of the orphanage, and funny janitor. That was it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I remember that, too. It's, like, familiar but different at the same yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. So that's something cool. that I'm going to do. Um, well, we've been chatting and chatting for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot. What would you say to maybe another Sheridan hopeful that wants to get into the program? Because I'm assuming there's going to be some people listening to this being like, I want to go to Sheridan. What would you say to them at the end of the day? Oh, God. Okay. Here's the very first thing. Okay. If you're still in the application process, please put your pen down. Okay. Put your pencil down. Enjoy time with friends before you get in please like and maybe this isn't the advice that other people would give but this is my advice because here's reality okay you're getting older you're becoming an adult you want to be part of this industry you got to let go of these fun times so please enjoy them as much as you can if you have like one or two months or three or four months or five or six left before you hear back from them just enjoy honestly like have fun with your friends go do something that you didn't go drive up to toronto or something like that go see a concert like have fun because when you're in school you can still have fun, but remember, you're there to learn, and it's training for the industry is what our teachers say, and it's true. And while you can still have fun, you're never going to have fun like you could before. I want you to say goodbye to, like, a full week of all-nighters playing Sekiro and, like, trying to be bosses that you just can't or World of Warcraft. You're going to cancel your membership, okay, because you can't do rating if you're doing homework, okay? It takes a lot of time to do rating and whatnot. So enjoy it while you can, and then... Change your mindset when you're here. Get into gear. Get ready to do some work. Stop the all-nighters. Get time management. Do work. And you know what? You're doing art. It's something that's fun, right? You could be out there. And again, this is what my parents tell me, and I'm totally just echoing what they say. 
but you could be out there working at a McDonald's or you could be doing something that pays you well, but extremely boring. This is art. This is fun. This is animation, right? Like be alive, have fun, like enjoy what you're doing. Do silly animations. Like you're putting your effort and time into something. You're not going to play video games, but look at how much fun it is to make something move and be stupid. Make little shitty animations of like fart jokes or something like that. Like it's art. Be alive, you know, enjoy it. Uh, have fun while you can because it's going to be a lot of work, but it doesn't mean the work has to be boring or not fun, right? You're at Sheridan, make something fun. Well, the the first part of that was extremely harrowing. <laughs> <laughs> have Listen, fun now because, uh, you know, you're going to have to cut off contact with everybody well, you know. <laughs> it's a different kind of fun, right? Like when I was, when I was before Sheridan, like before all of that, I was the kind of like person that would spend like 11 hours playing a video game to get some measly like achievement on a game. And it's fun for me, right? I enjoy it. But like, like when you're an adult, like you can't do that anymore. It's reality unless you make so much money. No, here's, here's my next advice. Be rich. Okay. Make so much money. You can do whatever you want. There you go. And just bypass everything, have cash. But no, it's just, uh, some people can still find the time to do stuff like that, but like really sinking time, like teenagers do that. I did that so much, like sinking like a whole 24 hours and you have mom and you're lucky enough so that like mom gives you like, hey, I noticed you're just being stupid and you're not making food for yourself, even though you're like 17 and you could totally do that. I made some lunch for you, right? Enjoy it. It's going to be gone soon. And it's not like, again, like the work is fun. Animating, I enjoy it. I love it. I'm here for a reason. There's a reason why I'm going to second year not quitting. It's because it's fun. But like, Take the most out of time that's not going to come back when you're, like, really young. Like, Terry, do you feel like you enjoy, like, those years before uh, uh, university or, like, early university? Like, do you feel like you get the most out of them? Um, Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun and I don't miss those years at all. But I also feel like I had to, like, my experience with Sheridan now is I've already had all that fun. I know what it's like and now I want to focus, right? So, um, but I also... I also had to say, like, I, I'm not in downtown Toronto any, like, for most of my days anymore where all my friends are. So I also had to, you know, say, hey, guys, like, just wait till the summer because I can't really hang out that much. Yeah. So there is some there is some truth to like that. But I think that's any university experience, really, especially yeah. if you're packing up and going to a different city. Um, but I don't know. Some people, maybe they need to go down the rabbit hole of like spending a million hours on video games to really appreciate the time that they have in order to do well in what they want to do. And not to say you can't um, create a work-life balance with school. Uh, You can go (laughs) as hard as you want, which is like maybe I went too hard sometimes, but you can totally like, like you said, take a couple hours every day and just chill. Yeah. Plus the most important part, because like you said, it sounds like a harrowing, but the the animation is fun. Make it fun. If you're not having fun at school, here's the thing. I was not having like a lot of fun with the assignments that I was doing. And then I made like that anthropomorphic cat with the huge like bulge, right? And I laughed so much. It made me realize like I can make assignments fun for myself. They can be stupid, silly. They can be really dumb. Like, you know how many people in our class did like whenever it was like, digital tools time and they made something stupid that made everyone else laugh like have fun yeah. it's animation like you're not stuck counting like bills of other no, people 100%. not yours I mean, yeah that's, that's really good advice too to just have fun because at the end of the day like 
I'm in this and I feel like a lot of people are in this because they just enjoyed watching cartoons as a kid and they were mm-hmm. fun and they weren't they weren't like chores to do. It was just like super entertaining. And if you're not having fun in the program, then you're not really producing that stuff that other people are going to enjoy as much either. Well, cool. Um, unless you have anything else to share, I think I think this interview is over. There you go. I can well, finally drink some water because I've been talking so all right. much. Well, thank you so much, Fernando, for coming on and uh, sharing your experience. And no uh, I'll just cut out everything you said. And ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm super happy to have had you. It's nice yeah, no chat. problem. I'm I'm really glad to be able to kind of. Uh, talk about this at first i thought that i you know when you invited me i was like oh god let's go over there let's mess around let's have some fun let's see some stupid stuff but then i realized you know this is actually a pretty useful time that you could have to talk to people that are still trying to apply because if i could go back in time and tell myself a lot of things i would just give them this episode like everything that i've said so far i feel like is useful information and i feel like this could be an ax uh, an actual opportunity to be useful and give good advice rather than just make your dumb fart joke that i usually do or something like that I, like i do that shit all the time you can still make a dumb fart joke if you That's want but yeah true. i totally i totally agree with you and then uh, i think a lot of people are looking for advice to get into sheridan i know yeah. myself like i researched everything i could found every student portfolio online instagram website tumblr pinterest whatever because I was like, I have to get in and I really want to get in. So I was like just absorbing as much info. So hopefully other people out there find this and yeah. And if, oh, and if you're listening and you would like to get in touch with Fernando, uh, you can reach him on his Twitter uh, and his Instagram at Wolfgand underscore Shurik. Shurik tells, yeah. That's my gamer tag too. To ask you where Shurik comes from. Ooh, ah, yeah, that's right. So it's just a really, when I was little, I used to watch a lot of anime in Brazil. And I watched Naruto, and they have, like, these little cool daggers they call, like, shurikens, and they used to throw it around. It was, like, my original brain was, like, what if I take that word and just take a few letters off? And there you go. That's perfect. It works. It's just really okay. weepy. <laughs> so, Wolfgang Naruto. And, That's uh, true. Yeah, you have a Twitch, too. Do you, what is your Twitch Ooh, handle? Oh, I do. Okay. So, it's good because I'm going to be streaming over the summer. During class time, I just cannot do that. But here, let me give you – it should be It should be the same. It should be Twitch okay. – uh, Wolfgang underscore Shirk, but just to be 100% positive, because you know, if you have an Amazon Prime account, <laughs> you have Twitch Prime and you can follow me for free. Uh, yeah, Wait. it's Wolfgang underscore Shirk. So, uh, Yeah, you'll link it. Yeah, no I'll links. include those links in the description. And thank you so much yeah. for listening. And that's all for now. Before, hold on. Before oh, I go, I have to Before ask myself How yeah. are you doing with the for Matter the Baby podcast. at school? How are you doing with the Matter Baby at school? How are do- sorry, say that again. How are you doing with the matter baby at school? The matter baby? Yeah. What? The, the matter baby. I don't know. Is this a joke? <laughs> no. Well, I don't know. It's just because Lee was telling me how, like, you were having, like, a tough time with the matter baby. And I just thought, you know, it'd be a good time to ask, probably, considering, like, you've had some free time to deal with it, like, two weeks and whatnot. What matter baby? I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's just <laughs> No worries, we're good. <laughs> wait, wait, confused, wait, wait, what? No, what do you? I honestly don't understand. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're confused about it, you can just ask me. It's okay, Terry. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, this is the worst. I'm gonna cut this all out because I'm so dumb. I'm like, what on earth does it matter, baby? And now I get it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys.
<laughs> See you guys later. <laughs> so, do I just end the call or do you cut it here or? I'm gonna cut it here. Oh, 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 oh,